the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Program guests and Craig Roberts not affiliated with Vitucci and Associates. Information provided for illustrative purposes only does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information obtained from sources deemed reliable, but accuracy and completeness not guaranteed. Vitucci and Associates have no liability for information discussed. Consult with qualified investment, tax, or legal professional prior to taking action. Securities and advisory services offered through United Planners Financial Services. Member FINRA, SIPC, Vitucci and Associates, and United Planners Financial Services are not affiliated. Pat Vitucci says, don't invest in Welcome to Don't Invest and Forget, a weekly financial news magazine designed to educate and equip you with the roadmap and direction you need to manage your money, meet your financial goals, and instill confidence in your investment choices on the road to retirement. Your host is author, radio commentator, and investment advisor, Pat Vitucci of Vitucci & Associates. With over 30 years' experience in the world of finance and investment planning, Pat specializes in personal and corporate investment management with special emphasis on retirement planning. Mortgage applications down as interest rates rise, and the Fed suggests even more interest rate hikes are on the horizon. Prices at the pump are at a one-month low, but if you live in California, you'd hardly notice. Welcome once again to another edition of Don't Invest and Forget, the program that each and every week faithfully helps you keep your finger on the pulse of your money from Wall Street to Main Street to your wallet. Our host, author, and 30-plus year financial manager, the principal of Vitucci & Associates, Pat Vitucci, and I'm Craig Roberts. Well, Pat, as I suggest, it's been uh, you know an interesting ride. If you've been looking at purchasing a home and thought maybe that prices would start to inch down slightly with what's been going on in the economy of late, that certainly has not materialized here in the San Francisco Bay Area. But one thing that potential new home buyers are feeling the pinch of, and that is rising interest rates. Yeah, there's no question. The economy is pivoting, to say the least. We've gone from a very low-cost money environment to a dramatically higher cost of money environment, which just ripples through so many industries. But the most obvious one is real estate. Now, you know, the your monthly mortgage payment you've got to make every month has been dramatically changed. So uh, as the interest rates go from mid-twos to mid-fives, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that that's going to have a big impact on your monthly payment. And it's rippling down into demand for obvious reasons. And so it'll slow the market down. We're starting to see tiny signs of that right now. It's, it hasn't really shown up in the data yet. That too will come in, in the ensuing weeks as mortgage applications are dropping. And of course, the whole refi industry is dead you're not going to refive for a higher higher number. And then we'll see prices of homes start to decline. So we've gone from multiple frenzied bidding for a home and a lot of people being very disappointed after competing with 10, 20, 30 other applicants. Now maybe perhaps being the sole applicant for a home and coming in at a reduced price. So 
not surprisingly, that industry is uh, changing. So we've got a lot of headwinds beginning to develop here besides higher interest rates. Uh, supply chain issues continue to demonstrate a problem. Allegedly, the supply chain problems will and are beginning to dissipate. Cargo ships uh, off the major ports in the country, Long Beach, and Oakland, and Newark, are catching up. The report the other day, the the chip shortage that we're seeing will have a reversal and become a chip abundance issue as China comes back to work. They've been pretty much uh, sequestered and not been able to even leave their apartment building. So it's been an extreme lifestyle in China, and hopefully they dig themselves out of this pandemic. So allegedly there's 95,000 cars that GM has built sitting in parking lots missing chips. And when the chips come in, they just have to install those chips and then the cars can be distributed. So there's lots of supply chain issues that continue to um, to present itself. And, and chips we know are in practically everything that we buy these days from really simple gadgets that we use at home to computers and cars. And I think there's something like 200 chips in a car these days. A couple of scant years ago, that would have seemed like a silly notion. So we've got some continuing issues are not going to be solved overnight. The price of oil continues to vacillate around that $100 mark. We saw this week it was down to 97 and later on in the week it was back to $104 a barrel. So that continues to be a political football that we see being, being kicked around a lot based on demand. This is the prime driving season and so um, we'll continue to see that being um, booted around labor shortages continue we still have many jobs unfilled and if you've been to a restaurant lately again not their fault but hard to find servers and dishwashers and basic entry-level jobs and so we're seeing restaurants even starbucks on abbreviated work weeks some Starbucks are only have a drive-up window now because they can't find folks to work inside the store to serve both walk-ins and drive-ups. It's kind of an odd situation. I'm not sure in my career I've ever seen companies unable to fill those basic entry-level jobs, but I guess that's part of the fallout of the pandemic. I just don't understand where all those people went. Okay, they got some checks from the government, and that stopped. I think last September, I've never seen this prolonged shortage of entry-level workers. It's not a birth control issue of 20 years ago. I think we've had fairly the same number of children per couple, per family. So they all can't be sitting in Montana living off the grid. Craig, I, I don't know where... Are they all hiding in your in your neighborhood? They're yeah, not hiding in my so. neighborhood. That, that's the curiosity. And I know that there was a comment at one point made by Mitch McConnell that, well, Americans have been flush with cash because of all the stimulus money, and that's the reason why they've disappeared from the workforce. But the irony is if you run the numbers from 2020 to 2021 and 2022, the average family of four 
aggregate total over the three years has only received about $10,200. I don't know of many families, unless you're, you know, maybe in the Adirondacks, <laughs> that would consider an additional $10,200 flush with cash. And, and if you were earning combined income of over 150 grand for a couple, you receive nothing. So that's the big curiosity. Where have these people disappeared to? And they're all living off the fat of the land because of stimulus checks, I don't think is the answer. President Biden is seriously considering relaxing the whole tariff issue with China. It's 300 plus billion a year. The unions are trying to discourage President Biden from that kind of thinking. It's stimulated more union jobs. And it just doesn't make sense to me that that would even be on the table. I mean, it was long overdue. Republican administrations, Democratic administrations, they kind of looked the other way while the the balance of trade was so far off Trump's credit. He stood up to President Xi and they're getting richer and we're getting poorer. We've got debt issues of over $30 trillion. So we've got an economy that's in serious decline. Um, We've got um, the Federal Reserve probably going to raise rates again based on minutes released this past week, whether it's a half a point or three quarters of a point. That is the question, but there's no question the Fed tightening policy will continue. And that, of course, is designed to slow the economy down. Unintended consequence, of course, is unemployment will go up from a low of around 3.5%. I guess the target is more in the neighborhood of 5%. So the sad reality is as interest rates go up, unemployment will go up as well. So we've got confluence of um, leading and lagging indicators that is kind of confusing to the average investment person. You know, what do you do with your 401k and what do you do with your IRA? And for those who are about to retire or already retired, it's an anxiety prone environment because maybe they're thinking I should postpone retirement for another year or two until things calm down. The timing of retirement today is a poor choice. Now, you may not have a choice. Maybe you have been planning on this or maybe you are downsized. If you have any choice, you would probably extend your work life for another year, which may be depressing. And I apologize for offering a terrible alternative. But with markets down as precipitately as they are and your 401k probably down some commensurate level, The timing of uh, pulling the plug on that magical monthly check may be ill-timed. Of course, if you have no no choice, then you just want to, you have to consider taking monthly checks on that depressed 401k number. Our host, Pat Vitucci, as we unwrap the issues of the week and their impact on your financial life. Pat, there was a story this past week that didn't get too much attention, unless, of course, you are a retiree dependent upon a pension. But I think it's notable to mention. It's interesting. When we talk about pension plans, for many generations, that have been kind of the go-to at retirement. You got a stipend from Social Security, but most folks, if they were fortunate to have one, enjoyed retirement based on a pension. 
Over the course of the last couple of decades, though, we've seen this really begin to fall apart. In fact, there have been over $27 billion in pension funds that just disappeared over the course of that period of time, impacting upwards of 543,000 Americans. Some of the largest pension funds to go bankrupt included United Airlines in 2005, that affected 123,000 retired employees. Bethlehem Steel in 2003. Delta Airlines in 2006. The list goes on and on. Now President Biden highlighting the pension plan relief. And I would imagine a lot of that in the wake of what's been happening on Wall Street. There's a lesson here to be learned for sure for pension recipients. But I suppose, too, even a broader lesson for all of us when it comes to retirement planning and financial independence. Yeah, just when you think you're on solid ground, uh, you've worked for company XYZ for 30 years, and I I had several friends who were pilots for those airlines, and they were nearing their retirement years, and whoops, suddenly their couple $3,000 a month pension was reduced to, you know, hundreds of dollars instead of thousands of dollars. What a shock that was. And um, sadly, they all had to move to Costa Rica or Panama just to make some kind of lifestyle adjustment. And so clearly there are much fewer of us exposed to that kind of dilemma. As you mentioned, fewer and fewer companies are even have any pensions in place. It's all dictated by your participation in your 401k or IRA or 403b or 457 plan at your place of employment. So it really is much more self-directed world that's evolved in the last 20 plus years. Those who haven't picked up on that subtlety or are finding themselves 20 years later in, in an unenviable place of being fairly unprepared. And so a young folks are juxtaposed these days to understand if I'm going to retire someday, it's up to me. It's up to me personally And and, uh, that Social Security check is never designed to carry us in the lifestyle we've grown accustomed, especially in the Bay Area. If you live in Arkansas or Mississippi, nothing against those people, but cost of living is a whole lot less. You know, those young folks listening, you've got to max out your participation in those plans at work. Failure to do so, you'll wake up 50 and 55 years old and saying, oh, my gosh. I've been living way too high and I've got to recalibrate now. And if I'm ever going to retire at 70 years old or 75 years old, there's some serious uh, issues that I need to, uh, to address and failure to do that. uh, You're going to change your lifestyle pretty darn radically. And, you know, moving to Florida anymore is not the answer. Florida has become fairly expensive. So all the Californians have moved to, Florida or Texas, I'm told those those homes are not two hundred thousand dollars anymore. Now they're seven, eight, nine hundred thousand dollars or more. And uh, yeah, you'll cash in your expensive two by fours here, but you're just not going to get the arbitrage you were hoping for. So now we're looking at Portugal and Costa Rica and Panama and Belize instead of uh, staying in the states. And maybe that's okay. Uh, maybe that's a kind of idyllic, romantic kind of idea. But you run into health care issues and language issues, and and it's not for everyone. It's a real reality check that needs um, 
some real drilling down and understanding of what kind of shape you're, you're really in. And again, this is where you need to come into one of our offices, look at your portfolio design, what is it going to generate in terms of income? It's not your net worth question. Net worth is not a meaningful criteria when looking at retirement. It's what's the cash flow that is generated from, the, from your net worth. Yeah, I've got a $3 million house. That's wonderful. But if I'm worth living in it and it's not generating a nickel a month, it can't be computed in your cash flow. It's all about, you know, what's in your 401k. If you got a million dollars in your 401k and it generates 40 or $50,000 a year, uh, that's what, four or $5,000 a month? Uh, is that going to be enough to carry you? So cash flow is the meaningful data point, not net worth. Pat, speak for a moment, if you would, to the management side of all of this. You know, for the longest period of time, certainly following the recovery after 2008, 2009, we've seen such phenomenal numbers on Wall Street. Even as the markets have been down of late, it's hard to really imagine that a scan 10, 12 years ago, 6,000 on the Dow was average. And now here we are at over 30,000. And so during this period of time, it was fairly easy to kind of just casually put the money somewhere and see a pretty decent return on one's investment. That, of course, is changing dramatically now. And proof positive is the president's statement regarding providing assistance to pension funds out there. How important is it to actively manage one's retirement funds? And most importantly, for the average worker out there, maybe you're still raising a family, maybe you're that sandwich generation that you often speak to, Pat, that's not only raising kids, but also helping to care for parents. How do they possibly find the time, let alone the understanding and knowledge necessary to actively manage their retirement monies? And right now, it's absolutely critical with the market being down as dramatically as it has been since January 1st. Sitting on your thumbs and doing nothing is not the answer. Moving to cash is the worst possible decision you can make, in my opinion. It's not trying to time the market. It's time in the market. And so as you move from growth to value, as you move from domestic to emerging to global markets, equity markets, or mortgages, or real estate, or bonds, it takes that active approach that not doing nothing is not the answer. I wrote a book 25 years ago, Don't Invest and Forget. This is emblematic of the time to do something and not do nothing. And so we find uh, listeners calling up and saying, well, I moved to cash yesterday and I think that was a pretty good move. Okay, when are you going to get back in? What are the leading or lagging indicators that are going to direct you to get back in? So you've taken the ride down and if you're in cash, you're not going to take the ride back up. So right now you've got a, a paper loss and yeah, it's, it's anxiety prone and it's not pretty, but moving to different favorable market sectors during this time is the solution and studying what sectors you should be in. It's called sector rotation. You're rotating on a dollar cost averaging basis from one area of the economy to another. And there are favorable areas that will do somewhat better, maybe even superlatively better than where you are today but doing nothing is dangerous and a recipe for 
disaster. So I'm going to be pretty blunt here. Listeners should really look at sector rotation into areas of the economy that will be more favorable as we go into a a Fed tightening environment. Which of those areas of the economy will serve you better? Even if if you get zero return, it sure beats negative 15 or negative 20. And so understanding the favorability of being in, in some sectors and not in others is a demonstrative of what I call active asset allocation, not investing and forgetting. That is going to bring tears to your eyes when you, when you see your quarterly statements. So with that, if you're not sure exactly where you are, where you need to be in terms of your active asset allocation management, maybe you'd like a second opinion. Why not take advantage of a complimentary financial health and retirement plan review in any of the offices of Vitucci and Associates across the Bay Area or by phone or Internet? The toll-free number to call to schedule your complimentary, obligation-free appointment, 888-PLAN-WISE. That's 888-P-L-A-N-W-I-S-E. Or you can schedule that appointment, too, quite easily online by going to Don't Invest and Forget. That's don'tinvestandforget.com. A brief timeout. We'll come back with more analysis as we take a look at the events of the week and their impact on your financial life. Pat Fittucci says, don't invest and forget. Invest and forget. Invest and forget. Craig Roberts along with our host, 30-plus year money manager, Pat Fittucci. Now, we spoke a few moments ago about that complimentary financial checkup, really that retirement tune-up, and it's yours free for the asking by simply calling today the toll-free number to call, 888-PLAN-WISE. That's 888-P-L-A-N-W-I-S-E. Remember, there's never any cost or obligation, so just call today and schedule your free appointment. 888-PLAN-WISE, 888-752-6947. Well, Pat, just before the break, we were talking about some of the things taking place and the reaction on the markets globally. A big reminder for all of us that it's important to take the time to get a retirement planning tune-up from time to time, to take a look at all the components of a retirement plan or our roadmap to make sure that, in fact, it's going to give us the kind of strategy that will take us safely through to an independent retirement. Toward that end, let's talk about some of the key things that we need to be looking at in that retirement tune-up. One of the big concerns today, of course, is managing of one's debt. There's certainly a couple areas. There's smart debt and there's dumb debt. So let's go over that. Smart debt is a loan on an asset that appreciates. In other words, the value goes up, your house, and it's deductible. So a mortgage is hopefully the value goes up. The interest you can declare on your 1040 tax return as deductible. That's smart debt appreciation of the asset and the deductibility on the interest. Dumb debt is an asset that declines in value. You buy your car, you buy a boat, you buy an RV, you drive it off the lot and it drops in value 10, 20, 30%. Pick a number, a big, big number. And the loan interest is not deductible. So that's what we call dumb debt. So Take a snapshot of where you are today and what does your loan portfolio look like? If there is loans on plastic, Visa, MasterCard, et cetera, that's absolutely debt you want to eliminate. 
There's car payment loans. Again, if you can either fold that into an equity line or get rid of it completely, that's ideal. And lastly, the debt on your home. There's a lot of schools of thinking on this, and I'm not a big fan of paying off debt, especially with rates as they are today. Now, I'm not suggesting you go out and get a loan if you've already paid off your home, but I would not be all that excited about paying it off if I had a choice between maxing out my 401k or paying off that loan I would absolutely go for maxing out the 401k. So it reduces your marginal tax bracket and you take the deductibility on the loan. I mean, ideally, when you retire, you'd have zero debt. That doesn't take a mental giant to figure that one out. But mortgage loans, you could absolutely arithmetically compute the fact that having a mortgage, even in retirement, can make pretty good sense. So you've got to look at all those issues. And then, of course, the option, do you sell the big house and move to the small house? Or do you move to a less expensive area? Almost anywhere in the USA compared to the Bay Area, you can move 100 miles away and get a lot more two-by-fours for your dollar. Maybe you don't want to do that. Your grandkids are here. Lots of choices where you can reduce your monthly outlay, maybe eliminate the mortgage, and maybe have a better lifestyle. Um, Again, managing that debt is a lot of ways of carving it up. And we can be pretty creative in in how to look at your debt load, Craig. One of the big shockers, of course, for folks dealing with the reality that even as the paychecks stop arriving, the bills will continue to arrive. And as we restructure a retirement plan to go from more of a growth portfolio toward a income providing portfolio, probably I would suggest, Pat, wise not to be tapping into that for rainy day funds, meaning that as much as we know, listen, we drive the car all the time, suddenly the transmission goes out, the house needs a new roof on it, things of this sort. Is it important to set aside money in an emergency fund so that if something comes along that's unexpected, and we know that's expected to happen in life all the time, that we have access to some cash? Hot water heaters and roofs still leak Even though we are retired, there's no magic that suddenly that kind of stuff doesn't happen anymore. So we've got to have contingency emergency fund. The big one, of course, we're all aware of and more and more employers are saying it's up to you and I to carry our own health care. Health care is at least $1,000 a month for most couples. So we've got to factor that in in a big, big way. 20 years ago, most employers carried retirees' health care plans for the rest of their life. But the rest of their life, uh, you know, many years ago was just a couple of years of retirement. Now it's 10, 20, 30, 40 years of retirement. So corporate America cannot carry our health care plans for that long a period of time. So we've got to look at all those issues. Should you look at a PPO and HMO and try and carve it up as best you can that makes it comfortable for your family to figure out what to do with with the healthcare issue. But certainly a contingency plan, the rules are about four or five months of monthly overhead in emergencies. If it costs you $3,000 a month to run your home, around 12, 14, 18 grand sitting around at the bank. We had a listener come in last week, Craig, $200,000 in a checking account. I said, why would you have that much in a checking account? Well, I'm just nervous about this market and I want to have a big cushion. That's a little bit extreme. Certainly, you've worked hard for your money. Now your money's got to work hard for you. And this is an example, too much money sitting around not working hard. Having a rainy day or an emergency fund is a very important thing to have in case the inevitable happens. Now, with that said, the big key here is we talk about 
retirement planning, the operative word there is plan, whether we're going to set out on a long trip, uh, maybe to go halfway across the country to go visit grandparents over the summer with the kids, whatever it might be, it's always wise to plan in advance. Make sure you've got a roadmap set together. You've checked the air in the tires. You've got plenty of gasoline. You've topped off the radiator with fresh water, all of this. And I suppose the same thing is very true, Pat, when it comes to mapping out a plan for retirement. And I guess that means all aspects of retirement planning, what we can anticipate from Social Security, how much money we need to have set aside in our 401k and in our IRA to generate the kind of income we'll need at retirement. So many cases, my retiree folks come in and they say, you know, we're so busy, we can't figure out how we had time to work when we were working. So many retirees are busy as heck because they're either volunteering or they're working part-time or they work for their church or there are lots of hobbies and friends and trips. In many cases, it's it's a very fulfilling level of life at that point in time. It, it's a whole new chapter. But I would certainly encourage folks to kind of take a test drive and figure out what do you get a charge out of doing? Do some introspection on what hobbies you have or interests you have. And there's sometimes, Craig, I, I got to tell you, a small percentage, a minority of folks who say, I'm bored to tears. I have no idea what to do. I wake up in the morning. I have breakfast. I'm done reading the paper. It's 830. Now I got the whole day. My gosh, what do I do now? So we've got to look at what to do. There's the mental aspects. We've had this vocation for 40 or more years. We wake up in the morning and we just go through those steps like a zombie going to work every day. And now now all of a sudden, there's a whole new dimension of life called time, having time on your hands, which worker bees generally don't have any and retirees have a lot of time. So that's the whole adjustment. Certainly, it's an opportunity to join a club or start a hobby or go back to college and take a reading course or take a, a woodworking course, whatever your interests are. There's certainly no shortage of things to learn and get involved with. If you have the motivation, I think mentally is so important to start retirement with a positive spin. I've seen depressed people go into this phase and just get more depressed. On the other hand, we get really highly motivated, excited people, and they bring a whole level of enjoyment to their life. So I think mentally, you've got to take an inventory of kind of shape you're in and understand if you're prepared for this pretty dramatic shift in lifestyle. In preparation for that, is it wise to kind of take the retirement out for a test drive, Pat, in the sense that maybe to attempt for a few months before you officially retire to see what it's going to be like living in retirement? Is that a good idea? In other words, stop using the credit cards, start paying for things in cash, and and just kind of get a sense of what the feeling is going to be like? I think understanding what those golden years are going to be like is an absolute Great idea. You can take a a sabbatical for a month or two and just try to figure out what are you going to do? Frankly, some people say, you know, I don't ever want to retire. I love what I do. I want to take more time off. And sadly, when you work for corporate America, it's either work all year long and you get three or four weeks off or not. Many companies are having these work share programs where you can work for two or three months and take a month off. So I think more and more corporate America is adjusting and recalibrating to that schedule, given the fact that, A, it's a big brain drain out of corporate America, and they can't afford to have all these boomers leaving at the same time, while these young folks are certainly energetic and and motivated. They may not have the maturity or the experience 
to handle some of these bigger level or mid-level management jobs. And so the smart companies are saying, let's create kind of a, a work schedule that allows these folks to kind of test drive for a couple of months and then come back to work for a couple, three months. So more and more of those schedules are becoming available. Certainly if you're self-employed, you just scale back the activity level. That's a little bit easier to do. Got a good support system and to manage your company while you're off sailing in Europe somewhere. I wonder if the boss would just let me do that tomorrow. I'm not going to plan on retiring, but just like to take a month off. See I, how it's I like. can write you a note, Craig. Dear boss, please excuse Craig for the next month. He's going to go to Europe and spend a month in Italy. Pat Fittucci says, don't invest and forget. Invest and forget. Invest and forget. You know, it's interesting, Pat, during the summer months, we typically think about getting a little bit of a break. The kids are off of school now. We're going to do a little traveling, enjoy ourselves, enjoy the warm weather or whatever might be on our agenda for the summer months. Kind of with the sense that, well, when we get into September and the kids are back in school again, we move back to routine. Then we have to kind of hunker down when it comes to solid money management because, of course, we've got a lot of fees associated with the fall. We've got taxes coming up for property and so forth. And then, of course, Christmas shortly around the corner. And so we we think of the fall as kind of the time to manage our money. But ironically, the spending continues through the summer, even though uh, we might go on vacation. Certainly our money does. And with all that, I think a lot of folks sometimes set themselves up for disappointment later in the year because they don't do a good job at managing their expenses or trimming the fat during the summer months. It's always a good idea. And sometimes, like Christmas time, we get a little irrational about spending money. Summertime can be the same thing, Craig. We we go on very lavish vacations that maybe we really can't afford or we take a couple extra days here or there. Tracking those expenses and evaluating those expenses relative to your normal budget, I think is something that really needs a fair amount of attention. If you're retired and you're pretty much used to working on a given monthly nut that you can spend, somehow I think retirees tend to be a little bit more deliberate and disciplined in their spending because they're a little more concerned. They don't have that big fat paycheck coming in anymore. So retirees tend to get a little bit more focused on the excess left over after all the fixed expenses. And I would encourage certainly those pre-retirees in the 50s, age 50s and age 60s to really look at those expenses, look at ways to get a little bit more frugal. You know, suddenly TV, Craig, is a giant expense. You know, you and I are old enough to recall when TV was free. And now I'm amazed at the size of average TV internet bills at our home. Your TV is upwards of a couple hundred dollars a month. That's something that you didn't normally have to budget. That's true. TV today ends up being what a car payment was a few years ago. Exactly right. Don't let your saving go on vacation. If you've been diligent about saving 5 or 10 or 15 or 20% of your income, don't let that get interrupted. Keep that discipline going throughout the summer. You don't want to get your discipline to go on vacation. Live within your means and certainly enjoy vacation. You're you're entitled to it. You're, you're working harder than you ever worked in your life. Corporate America is putting lots of demands on families today. So you need that respite. If you're diligent about 401k savings or whatever your plan is at work, keep that discipline going. And then, of course, you always want to look at your debt load. You know, the debt load is always a ratio and a proportion relative to your income income that I think you need to always reevaluate when that exciting second car option comes into play or do you go on a cruise this summer or do you go to Tahoe for a week? Looking at the aftermath, the exciting thing is going on vacation. The bad news, if you have to come back and pay that debt off over the next five years, 
that great deal you got at the hotels, suddenly it doesn't look as pretty when you've got a couple $3,000 bill lingering into Christmas and beyond. Pat, we tend to kind of backload many of the important responsibilities. We want to get through the summer months, and then in the fall, we begin thinking about planning for Christmas. Maybe it's time to take a look at our estate and our will plan, certainly taking a look at financial planning. But what seems ironic to me is now at this time, while you're relaxed, and summer is here, and you've got a little bit more time, things a little bit easier at the office, you can take a day here and there, maybe now is a good time to spend some time focused on taking inventory of your assets and the possible income sources and make sure that, in fact, you have a solid retirement plan in place. You know, you've mentioned Christmas a couple of times. Now, I think I'm going to go out this weekend, Craig, and buy your Christmas presents. <laughs> Let's get it uh, out of the way. There's not too many uh, shopping days left. And so um, I'm going to get uh, one gift you've been pressuring me for for years. Yeah, that, and those 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 kiddie pools are not available for sale in September or December that's, anyway. So. Well, that was <laughs> maybe Santa Claus will be good to you this year. We really need to look at that, certainly looking at your portfolio design, even more importantly, perhaps if you're going to go on a giant vacation, is your estate plan in place? Do you have a will? Do you have a living trust? Do you have a healthcare directive? All those HIPAA forms, God forbid you get subject to a hospitalization. Without those HIPAA forms, it adds a lot of stress and consternation in any hospital admission. Get your legacy plans in order. I just had a 52-year-old young man died last week entirely unexpectedly. And to his credit, he had a trust in, in order. He had his HIPAA forms. He had everything absolutely crystal clear. So his wife going through this terrible morning, at least did not have to be distracted with hustling and trying to figure out all the issues relating to his portfolio. His beneficiaries were crystal clear. His ex-wife was off his 401k, his new wife of seven years now, the beneficiary. His children are contingent beneficiaries, not his new wife's children. Very easy to have your new wife, not to disparage any side of the spouse equation, but we've had more deceased members' children get screwed out of dad's money because maybe the second wife came in and certainly it belongs to her or vice versa. If she dies, the new stepchildren get the gravy and it's not real clear, Craig, in the beneficiary designations or the living trust, what dad or mom's intentions were on death. And so you have a lot of blended marriages where 50%, let's face it, of marriages end in divorce. We have found many, many times that ex-wives or deceased members of the family are still beneficiaries. And who are the contingent beneficiaries? Kids or do we want not the kids? Do we want a charity? You know, all those things need to be updated. And so take the time this summer, perhaps either create a living trust, a will, a healthcare directive, or modify an existing one that may not express your wishes like they did X years ago. Those are the kind of homework assignments that I think if you can take a half a day off, I think estate planning would be a great thing to button up this summer. Certainly at the same time, you can collaborate with one of our financial advisors. Please let me emphasize that tax and legal professionals are not a part of Vitucci and Associates staff, but we refer to professionals versed in those disciplines. Pat, at the end of the day, so many folks think about getting organized come the fall, once school is back and so forth. Well, realize everybody is thinking that way. And so now during the summer months that you've got less to be worried about, and you've got a bit more time on your hands, you'll find it even easier to make an appointment. Sit down, take a look at your current plan for retirement. Develop one if you don't have one in place. During the summer months, while you think about vacation, remember your expenses and your retirement plan 
never go on vacation. So once you get on track, keep going down the road in the right direction. If you started to seriously tackle your debt problem or began to funnel more money into your savings and retirement plans, make sure you continue to do so. And if you don't have a solid plan in place, or if you haven't reviewed that plan in quite a while, you know, just like the road washes out, new buildings go in, things change direction, you need to get an updated map, so too you need to get an updated roadmap for your retirement plan as you head down that highway toward financial independence. To take advantage of that complimentary financial health and retirement plan review that Pat spoke of just a moment ago, why not call toll-free 888-PLAN-WISE. That's 888 888- P-L-A-N-W-I-S-E. Easier still, you can schedule your appointment conveniently online by going to DontInvestAndForget.com. That's DontInvestAndForget.com. In addition to scheduling your appointment online, you'll also find a number of resources available through the Investor Education tab, including articles and topics such as what we've discussed today on the program. Again, that's DontInvestAndForget.com to get more information or to schedule your complimentary appointment in any of the Bay Area offices of Vitucci and Associates. Why not call toll-free 888-PLAN-WISE? That's 888-P-L-A-N-W-I-S-E. DontInvestAndForget.com. You've been listening to Don't Invest and Forget with author and investment advisor Pat Vitucci. To gain more information about any of the topics discussed on today's program or to schedule your appointment for a no-obligation financial plan tune-up in one of Bay Area offices of Atucci & Associates near you, go to DontInvestAndForget.com. That's DontInvestAndForget.com. Or call toll-free 888-PLAN-WISE. That's 888-P-L-A-N-W-I-S-E. Or visit DontInvestAndForget.com. Program guests and Craig Roberts not affiliated with Vitucci and Associates. Information provided for illustrative purposes only does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information obtained from sources deemed reliable, but accuracy and completeness not guaranteed. Vitucci and Associates have no liability for information discussed. Consult with qualified investment, tax, or legal professional prior to taking action. Securities and advisory services offered through United Planners Financial Services. Member FINRA, SIPC, Vitucci and Associates, and United Planners Financial Services are not affiliated. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.